Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Twitter yesterday launched its so-called Twitter Blue subscription service in the U.S., which will cost around $3 per month and allow users to undo tweets before they post. Or for $6 per month, you can get Twitter Gold and they'll just delete your account entirely. (laughs) I don't quite get that. Well, I've got the written version of this. This is from Newsweek, which is a magazine? magazine? Yeah, it's a website. Twitter rolled out its new subscription, subscription-based service, Twitter Blue. I don't need another subscription. I just don't. I signed Twitter up, Blue? What? I signed up for another subscription last night. What is that called? I was going to mention that on the air. Um, maybe we've mentioned this before. Blink, Blinkist. Have we mentioned that before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that a few years ago. I, I subscribed for a while. I, sub- I, sub- I resubscribed. I think I do remember it. It's supposed to be better now. Oh. Um, but mm. we'll see. It's, it takes all your books. So, like, you got a 500-page book about health care, and it, it slims it down to, like, 15 minutes worth of reading for you. Mm, perfect. And it does that with lots and lots and lots and lots of books. Moby Dick. Got a bunch of guys, one of them with tattoos. The other one's a crazy captain. Chase a whale for a while, they kill it. That's it. You're done. And move uh, on. Move on to uh, Tale of Two Cities. Guy steals some bread. Cops hunt him for a while. Eh, spoiler alert. But they always get you with the what you pay a week or a month, and you think, well, it's not much a month. But you know, you figure it out yearly. So like this Blinkist thing is another hundred dollars a year for another subscription. I already got enough subscriptions. But anyway, Newsweek is going to have. A, or I'm sorry, not Newsweek. I'm definitely not signing up for Newsweek. Um, Twitter is having a new subscription-based service, Twitter Blue, that started this week. The service offers to undo tweets. Don't quite understand that. You can already delete tweets. I think they alert you, hey, uh, Joe, what you're tweeting is uh, pretty objectionable there, brother. Think twice before hit click and send. Have you been drinking? <laughs> A breathalyzer attached. That'd be a good idea. I do kind of like this. I've always wanted this. It includes folders to organized, saved tweets. I do like that. You get ad-free articles if you go to articles. And supposedly has a more text-friendly reader mode, whatever that means. Boy, I've noticed Twitter is so spammy lately. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Twitter! It's all clickbait. A lot of it, yeah. Uh, The main draw for Twitter Blue will likely be the undo tweet feature, which Twitter hopes will be cause enough for many people to pay $2.99 a month for the subscription. Users have long requested the company offer the feature. Um, When when they used to do it, those posts that disappeared after 24 hours proved to be an unpopular version of Instagram stories, blah, blah, blah. Many tweeters use this. I still don't quite get it. Twitter users made it known they'd have much preferred the option to edit tweets rather than waiting a day for messages to disappear. I don't quite understand that. But, you know, I, I realize that most of you are not on Twitter. Most of America is not on Twitter. And even if you are on Twitter, you don't use it, really. So, who am I not talking much. to? Who am I talking to? Who are you talking to? Maniac. Uh, an unneeded service. I talked earlier about um, uh, some of the fines. There's a list of fines that are out for airline passengers. I find this kind of interesting, what you get fined for and how much. Flying is back as a mode of travel. A number of airports reporting that it's about as crowded as it was pre-pandemic now. In the parking garage and security and everywhere else. 
You know when you're going to get Fauci's hot and sour bat fever? My new and probably unnecessarily clunky name for it. Uh, you Coronavirus! Know you know when you're going to get it. You're on the plane. You sat down during boarding. It's all those people hovering over you, waiting to stow their bags and sit in their seats. That's when you got the COVID raining down on you. Coronavirus! That's right, Dr. Cardi. You could be right. Yeah, once everybody sits down, the aggressive filtration of the planes begins. You're fine, but getting on, getting off, man. Oh, boy, COVID city. I sure would like to know where I got COVID. I, I really would like to know when I got it, who I got it from, how. I don't have any idea. I don't have the slightest idea. Anyway, fines that they put out to airline passengers. We mentioned some of the more expensive ones earlier, but here's some fines. Here's a $9,000 fine against a passenger who was stomping and or kicking the feet of passengers behind him. What on an the? American Airlines flight. What an the, ass. The only way you could do that is if somebody stuck their feet way up underneath your seat, I guess. Like, yeah, how are you stomping and or kicking feet behind you unless I, you stand up, walk back there, and commence kicking? So there's a website called, I don't know, I remember what the name of it, but it's something like gnarlyfeetundermyseat.com <laughs> or something like that, but it's it's people who particularly who, who who take off their shoes and or socks and stick their feet way up underneath your seat. So you're like, it's got a picture of a guy. This is what I got to look down to today. You look down and it's somebody's old, not particularly taken care of, gnarly feet. An aggressive no. scent. And, you know, like stuck clear into your uh, leg yeah, space? Yeah, Oy. stuck clear. So like if you look straight down, you bend over and look straight down in your seat, you're looking at their their toes. I don't like that at all. That's disgusting. It's a sick enough. But apparently there's a website for, for, for taking pictures of people. Look at this person's feet up on my armrest. Gross. Well, that's that's why I carry a battery-powered uh, curling iron on all flights. <laughs> oh, Anybody does that, I burn them. Let's show you. Well, this guy was stomping on their feet and uh, got a $9,000 fine. Here's somebody who got a $17,500 fine against a JetBlue passenger who allegedly pushed and yelled at a crew member. Again, I'm surprised it's not higher than that. Police met him at the gate. Um, uh, we mentioned the $23,000 fine for one passenger who yelled at a flight attendant because her seat would not recline. The FAA said she eventually agreed to switch seats with another passenger where her seat would decline. Recline. Jeez, you're just an ass. There's got to yeah, be a special I... ass tax. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial. Well, when I was just thinking, and there's like one European country, I think, that's done this with speeding tickets. It's a percentage of your income or your net worth. Because if I'm like LeBron James, rich, that rich, or I'm I'm uh, like tech billionaire rich, so I, I fight a stewardess on a flight. They find me 12-5. I'm going to punch the guy who, who hands me the, uh, you know, the warrant. I don't care. There's another 12-5. Anybody else want some? <laughs> I don't care. Who else wants a big punching? <laughs> right, exactly. So that's that's crazy. But if you're me, yeah, I mean, that's a deterrent. I mean, if the chick with the reclining seat's destitute, whatever they hit her with that fine, whatever you said, I mean, that could be devastating. But if she's some rich biatch, and I'm guessing she is, or or just nuts, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. 23 grand fines. She was angry that her seat wouldn't recline. Also, she refused to wear a face mask. She was met by law enforcement at the gate. What I would do if I was on that flight, I'd like to sit down. I want to know more about you. I want to know more about your marriage, about your kids, about your personal relationships, because you are clearly an ass. You are a piece of work, and I just want to know more about your miserable freaking life. Yeah, P-O-W is right. 
A lot of refusing to wear a mask. $24,000 fine against a passenger who refused to wear a mask, threatened and cursed at crew members on a Delta flight. They seem to, the fans, fines seem to be pretty willy-nilly because you got the cursed at or threatened. But you've also got this one, $24,000 fine for someone who elbowed and kicked a flight attendant. Yikes. Because they were asked to wear a face mask. God, I would think you elbow and kick a flight attendant. You're done. You're going to jail. You're getting a giant fine and you'll never fly again. I would think. Yeah, I wonder. Did they mention that guy a number of years back who climbed up on top of the beverage cart and... uh Grew a tail, if you want. Oh, oh, the worst of expressions. He was riding dirty. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he was. Do you want to look up the details of that? You reference it a lot, and I feel like I don't should... reference it a lot. It's... I represent it. When I, re- I reference it when it's appropriate, folks. He references it daily in the <laughs> office or walking in the halls. <laughs> that's at not, least daily. That's you not, having a good time, Joe. That's not true. You should look up the details just so we could bring that story out in its full light. I mean, it's been quite a few years now, but yes, somebody did that. Do that. Not only are you wrong, you're way out of line. You want to look up the details of that and bring it to people? It seems like something sure. people should hear. Yeah, okay. This once happened on a flight. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's probably not the best expenditure of our time, but <laughs> I will. Oh, hey, Brett Stevens, a review. The 1619 Project is out as a book now. Oh, boy. And, and, Brett your, Stevens, lo- and your local school's probably buying copies of it. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah, dozens of them. Uh, Brett Stevens, columnist with the New York Times, the token, somewhat conservative dude, has a devastating review of it. Oh, I want to hear that because the 1619 Project originated in the New York Times. Yeah, it did. Won a Pulitzer Prize for the New York Times. It'll be interesting to see what their own columnist says about it. Also, this hour I want to get to, we do not have a crumbling infrastructure. We just don't. What? So, So quit accepting that every time politicians of whatever stripe say it to you. I realize we've already committed a trillion and a half dollars to infrastructure, our crumbling infrastructure, but it's just not true. So stay tuned for the proof of that, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Stu Leonard of the Namesake Store has some tips to save a little cash. Plan your meal. Have a list and stick to it. Leonard says it's cheaper to buy the ingredients for your sides and cook them yourself rather than buying prepared sides. Blogger Dina Delisa Gonser has already made her list. She says start shopping right now. She's cutting costs by cooking turkey legs instead of the whole turkey. And do your own baking with the entire family. It's the cheaper alternative to store-bought cookies and pies. Wow. Uh, you if know, you're new to the planet or an idiot, that was useful. Well, yeah. If you're, Come on, you, Michael. You've had, you've had a different life than I have. I've never been at a Thanksgiving where it would have been, even been considered the idea of a store-bought bunch of that different stuff. You bought mashed potatoes and gravy at the store in a pot? Never one as a kid or an adult have I been to a Thanksgiving where that would have been part of the deal. I'm just going to have Judy make her stuffing with uh, apples and sausage, and we're just Mm going to get a giant bowl of that and shovel it in. What's wrong with that? Nothing. That's what's wrong with that. Don't overeat before you get on an airplane, though. Okay, here we go. Fair warning. One of Joe's favorite stories of all time. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, it is. So here's, here's the first question. This is considered the worst case of air rage ever by the FAA. It happened in 1996. I remember like it was yesterday. 25 years ago, Gladys. 
we were already doing this very show. Here's the question. This guy, who, if he's still alive, is now 78 years old. Poor old guy. He was 52 at the time. Do we mention his name? Uh, Why wouldn't we? He's a criminal. (laughs) The milk of human kindness is soured on his shelves, folks. He was an investment banker. Wall Street investment banker? You don't expect them to do this sort of thing. Yep. From, from Tony Greenwich, Connecticut. Rich guy. Pissed off that they wouldn't serve him any more wine. Why'd they stop serving him, Joe? Gerald Gerard B. Finneran uh, admitted to making a threat aboard a United Airlines flight from Buenos Aires to New York. Evidently, a little unruly. I need more to drink. Get me more to drink. (laughs) Badly wanted another glass of wine after the airline had stopped serving alcohol. I've been there. I need one more drink. That's all I'm asking for. In the hearing uh, later, he said, I became annoyed and said words that implied a physical threat. Yes. Mm. Asked if he told the attendant he would, quote, bust his ass. Finneran said he, he assumed, yes, I have said something to that effect. Authorities alleged in court papers that Finneran started pouring drinks on himself during the flight and had threatened one flight attendant and shoved another into a seat. Was he pouring the drinks on himself on purpose or just so hammered he couldn't get the drinks in his mouth? Doesn't make that clear. Hmm. Later, Finneran allegedly lowered his pants and defecated on the food cart using linen napkins as his toilet paper. (sighs) All right, got to let that sink in for a while. Mm. (laughs) How? uh, Mm. I, I know we had this very conversation as younger men on this very radio show when this happened. Did he climb up on the cart? Is he a very tall man? Did he? Did he? Did <laughs> he put have his? Have to be enormously tall. Did he put his feet on the armrests and straddle the cart? I think if I were to do that, if and, you were and, given the challenge of it, right? If someone were to put that challenge before me, I like your idea. Put a, a foot on a, 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 an armrest on each side. At any rate, moving along with the story, his attorney at the time, Charles Stillman, described his client as, quote, a marvelously decent human being. (laughs) I'm sure those are the very words that that sprang to the lips of the uh, passengers sitting next to the food cart. Wow, aren't you marvelously... What? Marvelously decent. Mar- you are a marvelously decent gentleman, aren't you? I'm sorry. I called it the food cart. It's the used food cart now, obviously. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's, it's, that would not be easy to do, to climb up on <laughs> Jack, that cart. What hung you, up on the logistics. Well, just unless you're Simone Biles, just the body control need to... Simone Bowles, you mean? Hey, are you I'll, kidding me? Oh, where's the laugh track? Come That's on, good one, folks. Huh? Tough crowd tonight. What? Come on. Has cheap history. <laughs> oh, Senator McCain, sir. Please. Simone Bowles was what I said. The mic had caught off. He is not a man with a problem. He's flown, flown more than 5 million miles without incident, said his attorney. Actually, the defecation was not mentioned in court. Um, he said he had an intestinal illness. <laughs> oh, boy. We, we've all had intestinal problems, and none of us have climbed up on any, any sort of table or cart or anything like that and done our business. None of us. Not, not often. It says here that after he did that, food service was canceled due to the conditions. What? Why? Canceled! <laughs> we're uh, we're going to cancel the food. What? 
I was about to get to some tater tots. I was looking forward to that half-hot burrito. Oh, 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 my God. They canceled the food service on the plane after he did that. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. My appetite's not so good over here. Speaking for myself. You didn't need Who to cancel me? Who the f*** wants me? There he is. Nobody was hungry at that point, I'm sure. The crew sprayed perfume all over the cabin to try to suppress the smell oh. as they tried to uh, find a place to land the plane. Oh, anywhere. So, anywhere. Somewhere. By the time they landed, he had calmed down and returned to his seat. Boy. Well, he'd done what needed to be done. He had to be thinking, oh, darn it. I'm My gonna, work here is through. I'm going to pay a price for this one. Hmm. Yeah, probably shouldn't have pooped on the food cart. I'm not sure I thought that one through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably ought to take a look at my drink. <laughs> Were you drunk, Gerard? Yeah, it's food cart crap and drunk. Are you kidding me? It's one step past knee walking drunk. Oh, my oh, Lord. Oh, oh boy. Oh, what do you mean had, you canceled uh... the food service? <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, that's enough of that. Stay tuned for something completely different. Oh, my God. For for Dr. Segment, and Getty. Well, the holidays are coming up, and I read that because of the tight labor market, there's actually a shortage of mall Santas. Yeah, malls are desperate to find Santas. Today, in fact, Macy's put out a bowl of whiskey outside the store that they're trying to lure a stray cat. Wow. (laughs) Putting this bowl of whiskey out there. Yeah, it's hard to recruit for the job because you can't just walk up to people like, hey, you're built like Santa Claus. You want to... That's right, no mall Santas. Instead, it'll just be an elf saying, whatever you want, it's on Amazon. Merry Christmas. <laughs> wow. Um, G-E-T-T-Y, that's where you spell your last name? Yes, sir. Okay, it's G-E-T-T-Y. The Marconi people called, and they're giving us an award for our last segment. So mm. I want to make sure <laughs> we spell our names correctly. <laughs> it's an honor. <laughs> our Marconi winning 25-year-old airplane pooping story. Jeez. Oh, my. Have you considered being good at your job? That might be a yeah, low point. Fair of, criticism. Might be a low point of our career. <laughs> if you missed it, you can get it on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, it might seem weird that I'm doing this now since they passed the infrastructure bill last weekend, $1.5 trillion. I actually did this story when it first came out back in April because it got my attention. As we've been hearing for years, like all my adult life, infrastructure, our crumbling infrastructure. How many times have you heard the phrase crumbling infrastructure? The number of bridges that are graded D or worse. We want to keep up with the world, with China, with Europe, with whoever, our crumbling infrastructure. And that's how they passed $1.5 trillion package to deal with that. Did you know that we spend between 200 and $500 billion every year on our infrastructure already, depending on the year? It's been growing over the years. Yeah, it's Well, now, that's not enough. It's crumbling. It's now up to almost half a trillion dollars every year that we spend on our infrastructure. And we've made great headway over the years. So Charles Lane, who is definitely not a right-winger, he's a left-leaning guy, for the Washington Post, of all places, wrote this article back in April when this was first proposed, when 
Joe Biden first proposed his $2 trillion infrastructure package, which got whittled down, thankfully, to a trillion and a half. It should have never passed. None of those Republicans should have voted for it. Nobody should have voted for it. But nobody was making any of these arguments. A headline in the Washington Post, No America's Infrastructure is Not Crumbling. President Biden constantly refers to our crumbling infrastructure system, the $2 trillion package. The real challenge is to take what is by any reasonable uh, measure the best or nearly the best infrastructure in the world and sustain improvements over the years with the money we already allot. Yeah, well, we didn't end up with that conversation. Biden warned that U.S. infrastructure is ranked 13th in the world, he was pitching in a speech early on. Humiliating. As if it were shameful at all to outscore about 90% of the 141 economies analyzed by the World Economic Forum, which is where these numbers came from. But if you want to look at the 12 economies that are ahead of us, how about you knock out three of them, Singapore, Hong Kong, and the UAE, which are tiny little coastal city-states, which shouldn't be in the list. So now we're in the top 10. And among the 10 geographically largest countries, including Canada, Australia, China, Russia, the United States places first by the same measures that this very uh, organization uses. Of all big countries, which is really where the rubber meets the road, literally and figuratively, um, <laughs> on this whole thing, because you got way more roads, way more bridges, all that sort of stuff, we're number one in terms of the quality of our infrastructure. That's wow. a long way from it's a crumbling emergency where you spend to have to spend a trillion and a half dollars. The Impartial Congressional Research Service, this would be the government's own numbers, said in May of 2020 that the number and share of bridges in poor condition have dropped significantly over the past 20 years, and that a relatively modest increase in spending between now and 2040 could solve the entire problem. Again, getting to the fact that we spend two, three, four, five hundred billion dollars a year on infrastructure already the way it is. And they're saying, if you do the higher end of those numbers, we'll, we'll, we'll be caught up on everything by 2040. Wow. Where was this argument? It wasn't even had. It was just accepted as a truism that our nation's infrastructure is crumbling and holding us back. As for interstate highways, we just talked about bridges. As for interstate highways, economists from the University of Pennsylvania and Brown University confirmed that over the past generation, the condition of the interstate highway network has improved consistently uh, with the money that's being uh, spent. Well, you can't trust the university system because it's so overtly conservative. Wait a minute. The big picture, says the Washington Post back in April, is that the gigantic U.S. infrastructure is fundamentally sound. Impressively, but not surprisingly, given it shouldn't be surprised, given that the government at all levels, this includes, you know, your local, your state, your federal money, spent $370 billion in 2018, up from $284 billion in 2008, and it's been rising every year since then. Recent projects that have been fixed included the $8 billion modernization of LaGuardia Airport. That airport uses an example of all the time of part of our crumbling infrastructure. They just spent $8 billion on it. Not crumbling anymore. $4.4 billion on the bridge connecting Detroit to uh, Ontario. $2.4 billion to overhaul Central Florida's I-4 highway. This is money that's already been shelled out in recent years. To repeat, says Charles Lane, lefty of the lefty Washington Post, there's no reason for complacency about U.S. infrastructure, but alarmist with generalizations claiming that we've got crumbling infrastructure is paving the way to wasted resources and public disenchantment. Wow. 
That was in the Washington Post in April. Nobody brought that up over the last month while we were so-called debating infrastructure. Including Charles Lane, as I recall, because he's on the panel with uh, Brett Baer on Special Report now and again. Um, I don't remember him bringing it up again, but don't you feel like you've been duped? There's fraud about, well, you know, shocking. Well, I've been poorly served by the left, the middle, the right, and all of the media. Other than that, I don't feel like I've been duped. Where, come on, where are the Republicans making this argument? Is it because they're getting money for their districts and they yeah. don't want to be on the wrong side of it? Yeah, there's a money spigot. Because I watch the Sunday talk shows. They have Republicans on there. Nobody was making this argument. This is from Reason Magazine, the libertarian uh, uh, outlet. The number of structurally deficient bridges, never high to begin with, has been dropping over the past 30 years. Despite all the hand-wringing about crumbling infrastructure, the overall number has fallen from 22% of deficient bridges in 1992 to under 10% in the most recent numbers. Now, this is an old article, so the numbers are significantly better now than they were in 2018, I think, when this article was written. According to Reuters' analysis of those bridges, only 4% of those that are deficient carry significant traffic to need repairs. Of the nation's 1,200 busiest bridges, the number of those structurally deficient falls to under 2% or fewer than 20 bridges in the entire country. Wow. And none of those bridges need repair to save them from collapse, as is often said by politicians. Right. And again, we're spending $500 billion a year, so target those bridges. Fine. This has never stopped politicians from fear-mongering, however. Our roads and bridges are falling apart. Our airports are in third-world condition. Yet, as Heritage Foundations, uh, the Heritage Foundation pointed out, the percentage of airport runways deemed as poor has gone from 4% in 2004 to 2% in 2016. And again, these are old numbers, so they're probably better than that now. And, and the- I'm guessing that much like the bridges, the, the vast majority of those deficient uh, runways are in, in obscure little airports that get very little traffic. I'm sure you're true. Uh, you're right. Uh, for the past 30 years, the number of acceptable or above roads has remained relatively consistent at approximately 85%. Perhaps because we're constantly being told by politicians in the media that America's roads are on the verge of disintegrating into dust, we buy into this, but the numbers just don't back it up. Yeah. Well, nice Cali- job, media, of letting us know this side of the story leading up to a trillion and a half dollars being spent on infrastructure. Well, as Cali Unicornians know, and, and a lot of uh, folks know, and, and this is this goes by, back as old as politics, uh, yelling that we need money to fix the roads is a great way to get most people to say, oh, yeah, well, I use the roads. Yeah, there was a pothole. Yeah, it's just it's it's a great trigger to pull to get taxpayers to, to give up more of their money. Uh, and and the second thing is, and I mentioned this to, to Jack earlier, is that uh, if you don't have the lust for power, you can't understand how powerful it is. And the more money that flows through the government, the more power you have and, and the richer you get and more influence and the rest of it. But this is this is obviously a, a cure in search of a problem. We have been defrauded. And yet, whether you know you accept one estimate or another, I've heard it's now a trillion, a little under a trillion, one point five trillion. Uh, it was not needed. It, it was fraud. Who was the deep throat that got me that secret information that our infrastructure is not actually crumbling? I'll tell you what I did last night because I remembered this story from last year. I googled "infrastructure isn't crumbling," and there article after article after article, whether it's that Washington Post piece or Reason or whatever source you want to go to. To make the point that infrastructure is not near as bad as they're claiming. In fact, by 
any any of the statistics that these organizations use, the own own numbers they use, we're really good at it. Yeah. Yeah, and Charles Lane to the Post, he's like a Clinton Democrat, I would say. He's kind of a moderate You know Democrat. what I'll bet he is? I'll bet he's the kind of liberal we're always talking about that doesn't want to waste money because if you don't spend a trillion and a half dollars, you know, on uh, not crumbling infrastructure, right. you could spend it on stuff that he probably cares about. Right. He understands the connection between those two things. So few do. Very frustrating. We didn't need that package let alone the next trillion and a half they're talking about voting on next week. Unbelievable. By the way, the politics on that, I don't know if you've been following that. So 13 Republicans voted for the package, um, and they've been getting death threats and all that sort of stuff. Don't do that. No, don't do that for a couple of reasons. First of all, they're in districts where if they um, had not voted the way they did, they'd probably lose, and then a Democrat would be in charge. So how does that help you out? Because there are all stripes of Democrats and Republicans. See Joe Manchin. See mm-hmm. these Republicans that voted for this. But here's the downside, though. If if McCarthy could have kept his gang together, I think it still would have passed. I think Nancy would have gotten enough Democrats on board. She didn't needed more than just the squad. But we bailed out the squad, so they were able to vote no. Right. And And still pass it. They would have had to... You know, something complicated would have happened that would have been really tough for the Democrats. So, well, that, they'd had to trade in their ideological purity, which yeah. is you know worth making them do, just to make them do it. Yeah, it's disappointing that it passed, no matter how it passed, because we didn't need it. We didn't need it, as you just heard. I tell you what, I will donate a kidney, an eye, a, a, a middle finger, or whatever it takes. I'll <laughs> certainly give my middle finger to this Build Back Venezuela plan, man. If that passes, that's disaster. Yeah, there's some reporting out today that Manchin's talking about bumping it into next year, which I think is just a soft way of trying to kill the dang thing. Whatever it takes. But whatever it takes, yeah. Kill that, it. That'd be awesome. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. We'll finish strong. Heck yeah, we will. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, our old man president has just had a uh, another stumble with his words. No, no. I don't know how fair it is to beat him up on this sort of stuff. He is an old man, but if Trump said the very sort of thing, people's heads would have exploded. It would be on cable news all day long for a couple of days. But I don't I don't know the setting here. I know that Biden has gone to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier today, laid a wreath, given a Veterans Day speech. I don't know if this is part of that. He's standing somewhere with a giant American flag behind him, and here's a little portion of it. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues, went on to become a great pitcher in the pros in the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. It's quite a sentence. So I think he's leading up to don't look back. Somebody might be gaining on you. But anyway, he did use the phrase the great Negro at the time. Can we hear that again? I'm not sure I heard it clearly. You know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues. There you go. That's good, Michael. Yeah. Hmm. Controversial racism? No, I don't think so. And I, Clearly. He, he just got his words jumbled up. But Trump, would he get the uh, benefit of the doubt if he, if he called Satchel Page the great Negro at the time? <laughs> The guys, uh, listen, no, obviously that was a big nothing, but the fact that he's that incoherent, 
Yikes. Flat bad account care. I've been saying he's going to serve two years in a day. I'm not sure he gets there. You can't say the great Negro at the time. <laughs> well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You know, we have underplayed the fact that he, that that uh, doddering old fool, nominated a Marxist to be the controller of the currency within the Treasury Department. This Sauli Amorova. So the Treasurer's secretary, uh, the, the, his signature is on your money usually, right? Yeah. Now, this is the control of the currency. It's not the Treasury okay. Secretary. Okay. That was that clip was misleadingly and unprofessionally and sloppily labeled by our staff. There will be a long, humiliating meeting right after the show. But this woman is in a vow. She's vowed to bring capitalism to an end. And she's going to be a higher up in the Treasury Department. What's going on? How can that be happening? Why is that not like a headline everywhere? Uh, this, this is what I think because uh, Biden's history is, you know, much more centrist than this. I think he's barely with it. I think he's got way lefty woke people handling all these things, and they just bring him names. Yeah, we we picked somebody. It's a good choice. Trust us. And he's just oh, okay. That's fine. Sounds like a great gal. I'm well, sure we- she was a great Negro at the time. Oh, Lord. and then and then uh, and then he, I, I don't I don't think he's like up to speed on all these different decisions. Play us clip number twenty five, Michael. Would you? This is the the woman in question. Certain uh, troubled industries and firms that are in transitioning, and here what I'm thinking about is primarily coal industry and oil and gas industry. A lot of the smaller players in that industry are uh, going to probably uh, go bankrupt. In, in, in short order, at least we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle climate change, right? So this is a Kazakhstani Marxist being nominated for a high post in the Treasury Department. What the what? No, you're not hallucinating. Nobody slipped LSD into your coffee this morning. This is actually happening. What the hell? Yeah, I don't think he knows this stuff. You have stolen my dreams, my childhood. With your final thoughts, how dare you? Oh, Greta Thunberg there. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He's pressing the buttons in the control room, keeps us on the air. Our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, just some advice. Start your Christmas shopping now. I've started, and uh, I'm having a hard time finding stuff. So, otherwise, your kids are going to get sticks or whatever's left. How about the toy that made it it into the Hall of Fame last week? Sand. I think you can still find that. That's true. You can find that. Sure, get your kids a nice bag of sand. Uh, Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Hello, Alex. What's your final thought? I'm turning into my father, and I do not like it. My father would listen to smooth jazz in the car on the way to work or wherever, and I thought, that's so weird, but what have I been listening to the last two weeks? Hey, you're growing up, Alex. Hey, any any preferred artists? Send them our way. Kenny Guh. Kenny Guh? Jack, a final thought other than that tripe? Uh, A respectful Veterans Day to my brother, my dad, and everybody else who has served in our armed services over the years on this Veterans Day. Indeed. Best wishes for Veterans Day to all of the vets listening and those uh, that love them from everybody at the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, My daughter, Little D, is flying home for a visit. Uh, Tonight we're picking her up. Can't wait. It's going to be big fun. She's bringing the boyfriend with oh, her. Oh, boy. First time or not? No, no. Okay. I've met him before. He's okay. a fine young man, but he will be on double secret probation, of gotcha. course. Sure. Mm. Um, by the way, next week, 
on the heels of Veterans Day is the week we're going to be raising money for Freedom Station, Warrior Foundation, as we do every uh, have every year for years and raise tons of money for them. And we plan to next week with your help. If you don't know what that is, we'll tell you all about it next week. And again, it's not the one with the similar name. It's no. Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Completely different. We'll explain Completely. That. We'll explain that next week. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all that great A&G swag. Helps uh, keep the guys on the payroll. Plus, makes fabulous Christmas gifts. LGB. Let's go, Brandon. We have it for you. You can email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or click on the hot links a lot of great content for you there we will see you tomorrow we will we'll be back at work tomorrow with the very latest news god bless america point of personal privilege i think that right now um you know the honeymoon's over it's a little too much docky dog do you understand i cannot understand the word you're saying hey, deep plan deep plan care. you know don't get into other subjects that was quite something come on if we can't derail this then I don't know what to tell you. I'm just saying. Maybe you're not that bright. Screw it. I'm leaving. Let's go, Brandon. No, but whatever the f*** they're doing inside there. Just slow down, everybody. (laughs) Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.